Hello, and welcome to Rounding the Bases, the Northwestern Baseball Podcast on WNUR Sports. We're back ahead of the 2019 baseball season. Here to cover your Northwestern Wildcats, everyone's favorite team. I'm Amit Malik, joined this week, hopefully future weeks, we'll see, by Walker Reinfeld, <laughs> Northwestern baseball expert. Walker, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Amit. Today, um, Tuesday, for Pitchman and Catchers Report Across Baseball, no better day to record a baseball podcast uh, heading out to Arizona. Yeah. The Cats are this weekend, much like many baseball teams across the country. So, Cats and Major League Baseball, can't get better than that. Yeah, now's the time to to start putting on your baseball cap, thinking about baseball season. Yeah, just dream of warm weather (laughs) and baseball baseball field. That's all you need to think about. Like you said, Walker, they're starting their season this weekend. They've got four games on tap in Mesa, Arizona, playing at the Cubs Spring Training Ballpark. We'll get three games against BYU on Friday and Saturday. Then they'll get on that Sunday a game against Cal, the Golden Bears. So. Our job here on this very first episode of Rounding the Bases is to give you a season preview. Um, in the past, we've done this differently. We've done position group previews. The year before, we just did a plane preview. It's going to be something like that. We're just going to kind of run through the team, what to expect, expectations, and then at the end, we'll uh, run quickly through BYU and Cal, and you, you'll hear about them. Um, just a reminder here at the top of the podcast that you could hear all of our games this season on WR Sports. Um, usually on Mixler, but if you go to our page, WNRSports.com, you can find the Listen Now link and tune in. We'll have all of those games broadcast for you this season. I will be having the first four games for you by myself in Arizona. Very excited to be bringing uh, you the start of the season. I'm sure Walker will be on some games as well. We're just really excited as a station to have baseball on the air for you this year, and we're happy that you can hopefully get some supplemental content every week with some podcasts as we discuss the team. Really, just if you can't get enough, we're going to be the place for you. And hopefully we can bring back our weekly interviews with head coach Spencer Allen, maybe some assistant coaches, some players. We know those have been successful in the past. We're not going to do one this week because he did do his media availability last week, which pretty much covered all the questions you might have for head coach at the start of the season. But go take a listen to that on Northwestern Baseball's Twitter page, wherever they may have posted it. So, lots of questions for Spence at this time, what you can go find there. Anyways, after all of that introduction, hopefully it won't be that long every week, let's get into it, Walker. This is a baseball team, Spencer Allen's fourth year, that two years ago was really, really close to getting the NCAA tournament, but even then they were below 500, and they're still looking to make that next step. And they got close two years ago, and it certainly was a step forward for this program, getting to the Big Ten tournament for the first time since 2010. But we're two years removed from that. Almost all of those guys are gone. Not almost, but a lot of them are. And, you know, this is a new-look team. It's really young. There were a lot of recruits last year, a lot of recruits this year that really are shaping the team. There are still some stalwarts. Jack Dunn, Alex Arrow, Willie Bourbon, and, you know, those guys that we're all so used to. But this is, I think, just a newer feel. All of these guys are Spence's guys, which is for the first time that you can really say that in his time here. So I think there's a lot this season that is riding on this team, you know, just taking a step forward. Maybe not records-wise, but 
they want to finish, you know, close to the top eight in the Big Ten. Just, you know, your guy that knows his team a lot, what's your overall feel, impression, big picture look on the start? I think this team is looking to be more consistent. We saw it in 2017 um, when they made that run towards the end of the season. They were a very consistent ball club, going in, scoring runs, holding teams to less runs than they had, and winning some ball games, um, and being able to make that, that magical run in that Big Ten tournament. Um, last year was kind of a step back to the consistency that that we would have liked to see from the ball club, um, but like you mentioned, there's this team is young and old in kind of a weird way where there have these group of of seniors, these four seniors, Jack Dunn, Ben Dickey, Danny Katz, and Willie Bourbon, that have been around this program and are they're building this culture. But you have that huge, huge junior class um, filled with names like Alex Arrow, Hank Christie. Sam Lawrence, uh, Charlie Maxwell, that are, that are guys who have contributed to this team, Josh Levy, who have contributed to this team in big ways in the past, that are still trying to um, to kind of make their mark on this program. And this program is all in right now. There's They're wearing shirts around campus with 64 in Roman numerals. That's the goal this season, is to be one of the 64 best teams in the country, in the country and make the NCAA tournament. And they're all focused on that goal this year. Yeah, I think that the culture has definitely change and not that it was bad before I mean anyone that's followed this team knew was obviously a great environment to be around two years ago but building that consistency even when you're not winning games uh, even when things are going tough is the key to being a successful successful baseball program and I think Spence has started with that and the coaches and the players have adapted that I, I totally buy it they're all in on this year making the tournament now that's a really tough ask and talent wise I'm not sure if they're there but you know be a top eight team in the Big Ten, you never know what can happen. Especially, you win some series, that's all it takes. It, it, you start winning some series in non-con, things change. So, this point, I still think it's it's great for them to think that. And then, uh, I think this team, like you said, a lot of the older guys have a lot to prove. Obviously, any new player is going to come in and trying to fight for playing time. So, they don't need to, to be hungrier than they are. But, you know, a lot of those guys last year didn't have great seasons. And, some of them were really good two years ago and kind of took a step back and are trying to get back. And then obviously you you look at a guy like Jack Dunn. This is his chance. He you know Spence said it. This is he is Northwestern baseball to a lot of people for the last three years. Heading into his senior season, chance to to leave a mark. So I think there there's a really good core in place. And you know there are some question marks from last season. You know Jack Clay's their best power hitter got left. Connor Lind, their everyday third baseman for three years left and now they've got some questions to answer especially with pitching but you know I think the the foundation is there and you know they they didn't do themselves any favors with their non-conference scheduling so the one thing to think about is you just got to be patient evaluating this team because it, it's going to be hard to really get some good competition that being said they still there's no excuse to just lo- lose a bunch of games early on they're obviously not going to want to do that yeah not at all and I think I think you saw it a little bit last year at the beginning of the season where Northwestern stole a game from Texas at the beginning of last season where we're looking to, to at least compete in some of these series, win one to two games in these non-con schedule. And and, and, and when I mention the upperclassmen that, that lead this team, it, it's not remiss. I wouldn't want to leave out these underclassmen and some of these freshmen that are going to be pretty big contributors to this team. Guys coming back like like Jack Kelly and and Ryan Bader and Jack Pagliarini and especially Quinn Laval, who, who, who is expected to contribute to the rotation in a big way again this year. Um, but again, these freshmen, that first years that were brought in, a lot of guys that create depth around the, the field. 
a lot of util guys who can be versatile. Jack Anderson can be very versatile. Michael Troutwing can be very versatile. And uh, in the last years with Spencer Allen's teams, you had guys that were they're the guys at their position with not a lot of guys behind them to back them up. But now you have, if Willie Bourbon starts to struggle at the beginning of the year, maybe you give Anthony Calarco some of-bats at first base, the new two-way recruit we have out of Winnetka who went to New Trier. Like, these guys are able to compete. If, if someone's struggling in the infield, Sean Guzerberg can step in there. Or someone's struggling in the outfield, you have Troutway and you have Anderson that can jump in anywhere, like really anywhere. And that's a lot of these things where you're creating depth around your program, which is really big where you can now create this competition and this culture and this atmosphere that if you're not consistent, we'll find someone who is. Yeah, competition just, you know, breeds better play, more consistency. Even guys aren't going to feel safe. Really, only people who I think their playing time is guaranteed in terms of non-pitchers is Dunn and Arrow. You know they're going to start every day. Obviously, Willie Bourbon's been there a lot, but, you know, I don't think he's got a guarantee. I think he'll be given, you know, a wide leash, but... He's certainly, you know, not guaranteed anything. And then Ben Dickey, probably, you know, I think he'll get a lot of time out there. But, yeah, it's it's really a lot up for grabs. And we know some of the guys who are going to be contributing, but I'm with you, Walker, that these incoming first years and then obviously the sophomores, who all showed flashes in different ways last year, are going to contribute. Looking at those first years, I think Michael Troutwine is the biggest name out of this class. I know you mentioned Jack Anderson. He's good, and there's some other arms that are strong especially Mike Doherty, but Michael Troutwine is one of the best recruits to come to Northwestern in some time. He's the cousin of the Dunn brothers. He's a left-handed left left hitting catcher, and he's a power hitter. And, you know, catcher is a big need for them after Jack Clay's left. Obviously, catcher, you can't really have one guy to, to do everything, but they're going to use him a lot as a first year, and, you know, he'll have his bumps, but catcher might be a plus position. That's how good he is. I, I, I'm really excited to see him and his pop and you know, anytime you, you can get some good offense out of your catcher, that feels like that feels like a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And and the catching position outside of Jack Clay's has been a question mark for what's gonna happen. And coming into this year there was okay, we have the cats have maybe four catchers on their roster. Obviously that has down dropped to three with the um very kind of public change of Nick Pachoric from catcher to the bullpen, which I'm sure we'll get into in a little bit here. But I think I think again creating that competition where Jack Anderson can catch, Troutwick can catch, and Kelly obviously coming back, who has a relationship with the pitching staff. Um, not to say that these first years don't, where they've been here um, a lot um, over the past, over, and working all offseason with these pitchers. I'm sure they have developed great relationships and, and are able to be good battery mates with these pitchers. But um, I think the most impressive part about this freshman class coming in, and I've mentioned this, I've been on baseball podcasts the past two years, I always mention the trajectory of these teams and these previews, is that I love to see... The, these recruits coming from different parts of the country. I, you saw it a lot with, with different programs around Northwestern where lacrosse recruits from all over the country, basketball recruits from all over the country, people dip into out. Usually you see Northwestern as a very local recruiting program. I think this year states with Spencer Allen and his coaching staff have been doing the most. We have seven first years coming in from seven separate states. Um, spread out all, all around the country. Really only one or two guys from the Midwest. Um which is, I think, really great because you have baseball troves around this country and you're kind of picking the best or from each of those places that, that are willing to come to Northwestern and be that, that, that student athlete that Northwestern really wants and, and really needs. Yeah, I think that's a great point that it just reflects that the program is changing. And certainly in the Big Ten, you know, it's hard to recruit. Obviously, the Big Ten has a lot of talent within its geographical boundaries, but 
the best baseball hotbeds are really, you know, Texas, California, Florida, and, and also a lot of the Southeast and Southwest. And for Northwestern to kind of branch out, again, it's not to knock the Midwest, but for Northwestern to branch out, and especially from just the Illinois-Chicago area, I think will help them a lot. I think there's a lot of buzz around these guys and that I'm not going to say it's, you know, any different than it is before has been before, but Spencer Allen was brought here to recruit good guys and bring this program into the top half of the Big Ten. He's getting really good at this. People have seen the signs. These are guys that when they were being recruited were looking at that tournament team and looking at the first few years and seeing, you know, what this team is capable of. I think there, there's a lot of buzz around these guys. I'm super excited to see them. Some other things I wanted to touch uh, on that I think are going to be some big question marks this season that, if answered well, like, just big question marks. I'll leave it at that. Is one, how healthy is David Dunn and what can he contribute? Because last year he was really, really awesome in, you know, three series that he really got quality play out of him. You know, hit above 300 plus defending in center field plus base runners his arm was good enough I mean we didn't see it that much but and he's a flashy guy which obviously can bring you some charisma uh, on the team which is good but he's a guy that really was exciting to watch and then he was kind of hamstrung with some injuries and my question isn't whether or not he's healthy I believe he's healthy to start the season I think he's going to spend a lot of time in center field and right field uh, getting on base in the lineup but is he going to be a consistent guy is he David Dunn we saw for those three or four weeks for this whole season or was that a flash in the pan and you know I think a lot of players deal with the sophomore slump in college baseball that's just how it is uh, we saw it and pitching wise you look at this team you look at Alex Arrow you look at Hank Christie they both were fine their sophomore seasons but it's just hard when people get a book on you so David Dunn I'm really really intrigued because He's a dynamic player, and Northwestern need you know a center fielder that gets on base that often is super fast. That's what you want from that position. Absolutely. I think David Dunn is one of the most exciting pieces of this team like we talked about. I think the ability, he became easily the most hated baseball player in Texas within, well, that was, within, within five seconds. Look, word to the wise, you shouldn't go in, horns down. take one game off Texas, and go horns down. Fair look, enough. I but, love, but that's I what this love team the confidence. Needs. That's what I, this team you, you needs. Need a, you need a, an adrenaline shot. You need a spark of energy. There's, you know, there's lessons to be learned, and especially baseball is a sport where I think a lot matters about being respectful. There's less so in college baseball than at the pros, but I would. I would not. I have loved done, it. I, I loved would not it. have done it, but it was fun. I loved right? it. Right? Yeah. I. I think I'm of the mindset. This is kind of off the rails. That if you're gonna talk trash, you've got to back it up. And I'm not saying that David Dunn can't back it up, but it was a poor look for Northwestern to do that and, and then, then lose the next games the way they did. Fair enough. But, but all being said, still, right? Sometimes you got to be a little brash to, to get your name on the Absolutely. Map. You yeah. come in, you take that Friday night. You take that Friday night game yeah. against their best. Starter. Winning a Friday night game in Texas will still be a great memory. Exactly. Yeah. So. And so, but but back to but David's potential for this season, rather than just not being liked in Texas. Um, I think I think one thing that I, I kind of like, kind of tongue in cheek, would like to point out is you can't have have a sophomore slump if you're a redshirt first year, right? You're still technically a first year. Um, hopefully David um, kind of can come out. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be as consistent as he was. He 
the like we talked about, Spencer Allen is not shying away from giving Northwestern hard games at the beginning in their non-conference schedule, and those were some tough teams that David Dunn came out and performed performed really yeah. well against. And so, as again, you you have a healthy David Dunn coming out performing against good teams. Um, you you look to see good, and again, also like performing against good teams. Willie Bourbon performed his best against quality pitching that we saw. Not to say that the rest of the pitching we he saw the rest of the season wasn't quality, but coming out of the gates, Willie Bourbon was hot as anything I've ever seen in college yeah. baseball for a That's, long time. I want to keep it on um, hitting in the, the lineup before we kind of move to the pitching staff, which is its own separate conversation. I think Willie Bourbon is a guy, if he hits for power, they need him. Because he did last year and then it fell off. and He's a guy that has it. He just needs to stay disciplined at the plate. And if he's not hitting for power, get on base. Cut down on his strikeouts. He's seen a decline year over year. They need him to do that. Another player we haven't mentioned yet, but looks like he will be a starter in left field, Leo Kaplan. A guy who can hit for pop, um, gets on base, hits, you know, gets doubles. And his thing is, you know, he's always had a bit of uh, an issue with his um, taking breaking balls at the plate. He He swings a lot of breaking balls, and that's always been a bit of a kryptonite for him. But he's a great, great fastball hitter. Now, that's obviously overly reductive. He's more than just that, but... I think he's another player, you know, they're going to expect him to start every day, be a left fielder. He's probably going to hit in the five or six spot in this lineup. He's a guy that, you know, you just need average to a slightly above average corner outfield production for him, and that helps this Northwestern lineup go a lot of the, uh, a long way. Kind of projecting the starters out, we mentioned Dickey and Dunn, Kaplan in the outfield. You think there might be a little competition, but those three seem pretty nailed up. You have your right side of the infield pretty nailed. It looks like Troutline's going to catch. Really, if there's a question, it would be a third base, but I do think Charlie Maxwell, given that he's played it in spots the last few years and is an athletic guy and also showed flashes of he can hit across the middle, hit gap to gap, and, and once he gets on base, another fast guy, it looks to me like that's his job. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Right now, I think it's his job to lose. Um, I think I think Charlie's performed well um, when he has been consistent playing time in the lineup. I think another interesting question is what, um, what Spencer Allen does with DH this year, I think you've seen, um, you've seen some guys who have the ability to hit very well in the past. Casey O'Loughlin has shown it in spurts as well, um, and then seeing maybe you put some of these first years out there in yeah. a DH position yeah. like Anthony Clarko, maybe. This, this, yeah, this... No, yeah. Another name we haven't mentioned is Jack Kelly, another catcher. I'm sure he'll get some catching to spell Trout and Wine. They might be splitting, but I'm sure that you know if Jack and I think. Kelly, O'Loughlin, and then maybe the first years are all going to be in the mix for that DH spot. And I think it's going to be one of those hot hand things. One of those guys starts hitting well, they're just going to see more playing time. And I do think that if Kelly is catching, they're probably going to want to get Trout and Wine in the lineup in that agree. DH spot. They did that a lot with Jack Clays. But that's that's another good point. Other first years you think might help out with that? Um, I think if if Charlie Maxwell is slow to start, maybe Sean Gusenberg gets, gets some time at third base. Sure. I definitely... As more of a shortstop by trade, but I think there's 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 some big competition there at shortstop where I think I mean, you might have to shift competition's around. Competition's an understatement. Yes. It's kind of locked. Yeah, for, exactly. For Jack so, Dunn, so Gusenberg could see some time at third. Um, again, apparently he he has the ability to hit um, for some power gap to gap kind of hitter. Um, could do very well in some spots. Maybe another DH position. Anthony Calarco, just his physique. Um, very very big guy. A two-way player, not too sure they're going to use him too much in a two-way um, yeah. area this season. Seems to be sticking more offensively this year. Um, 
but but it's it's going to be really interesting because there is a lot of bullpen arms this year already, so which we'll get into. So I think I think you can see um, Clarko getting a lot more time at in the, in the infield hitting area rather than pitching this year potentially. Yeah, I think you you look at this lineup and the clear strengths are the guys up the middle with with uh, Don and Arrow. They both hit you know three fourteen two ninety six last year. I think the question for Northwestern is where does the power come from? They didn't have a lot of it last year. Jack Clays was the guy who provided most of it, slugged 518, and he's gone. And, you know, the next best slugger was Willie Berman at 455, and a lot of that skewed from early in the season. So they need him to provide some power. They need Troutwine to provide some power. And, and they need their other guys, you know, Dunn, Arrow, Kaplan, Maxwell to, you know. Guys off the bench, yeah, Burnett, O'Loughlin. Yeah, to get doubles. And yeah. I, it doesn't have to be the long ball. I know there's an obsession with it. And, Sure, you'll take it when you get it. But Absolutely, they they need to get you know they need to get to second a lot more because this is a team that last year I and I think they're and in the past their strategies get on base. Let's do three, four, five batters together, and that was by necessity. And you know I I think at the major league level we're seeing that it's just harder and harder to do that. Everything is on the long ball. I think college baseball will always be a little more immune to to some of those trends, but. They, they need more power, and so it's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. Let's change our change track to the pitching staff, and, you know, we've got some consistency returning. Quinn Lavelle, Hank Christie are guys that just get it done. They're, you know, they're innings eaters. They're, con- they're, they're not going to wow you with their stuff. It's a lot of cliches you heard, but they're true. They're not spectacular, but they're solid. They're good. They can hopefully get you six or seven innings into a game and pick up some wins by allowing two or three runs and let the offense take care of it. I think that's the goal again for them this season. And then the question is, you know, who is the third and fourth starters that step up? One name that comes to mind is Sam Lawrence. Spencer Allen said he's probably going to see some starting time. We know he was a bullpen guy the last two years. Very, very effective his freshman year. Last year was kind of a wash, just never, never really sophomore slump. Like you said, never really seemed physically right. Not sure exactly what it was, but he's a guy that if he throws his best stuff, man, they could use him. And then otherwise, you know, you think about a third starter, you've got a guy like Bader, you've got Paglarini. I think you could see those two guys maybe also push for it. And with the midweek game, they will need four starters this season. Name to watch as well as Mike Doherty. I mean, mentioned in in both, I believe, Spencer Allen's media availability yeah. and Hank Christie's media availability. Yeah, that guy could get some time. Um, like they talked about, Doherty is is just a, a big guy with with he's a very. Com- he's not afraid. He throws strikes. He's a competitor. He yeah, he won't stop doing that. He's yeah. a competitor, and that's what you need at this level is to throw strikes, especially with a team like Northwestern, where defense seems to be somewhat of a strength. I wouldn't call it their best. Their they're, best. They're good at fielding. They're good. They're they're good. I think. Um, they're they're a pretty good defensive team. We talked about the arms in the outfield. We up the middle is pr- as almost as solid as it gets. It feels like in college baseball. Um, so throwing strikes, getting the ball in play. I think Mike Doherty is a is a name to watch this season, whether it is in long relief or in, in potentially yeah. a starting job. I think he's a big long relief guy, and I'm guessing that we're going to see Paglarini as a long relief guy to start the season. That could change. We know he's a guy capable of getting strikeouts. Um, he does get higher pitch counts and. I'm not sure where they like him as a starter, but I think he has a lot of potential. Not potential, he's good, but like he could have starting potential is what I meant. I think you're going to see locked into those first two spots is going to be Christian Lavelle. Agreed. And they're, you know, they're similar to each other in that they're not flashy. It relies on command. 
and getting the ball in play and you know they probably will give you two or three runs allowed in six or seven innings and sometimes it's less than that and that's where they get into trouble but if they're that consistent all year that's all the that's all that the staff is aiming for i think the big question is the bullpen especially yeah. if sam lawrence is used as a starter it's a lot of unknown names and the big really big development that we're hearing so much news about is that nick Petrorik, former catcher is converted to the gas throwing reliever there's 95 fastball it's got a slider we know command will be the the issue for the him. Question, yeah. The question, but certainly has the stuff, has the speed. So, is he the closer walker? Is he just the fireman guy? He's being pumped up so much for a guy that has no baseball pitching experience in his collegiate career before some spot stuff last year. Yeah, so I, I was I was calling the game where Nick Petork made his college debut last year in Indiana, and Indiana, one of the fewer teams in the Big Ten to have a radar gun. Nick Petork with not much experience pitching was hitting 91-92, um, which without time to work on it is, is, is awesome. He did have time to work on it this summer. He did some summer ball. Was I think the coaching staff had made the decision before the summer. Yeah, they summer wanted ball. him the summer. They wanted him pitching, so he has worked on it all summer. I think the coaching staff has talked about this development, and I, I really find it hard to believe that they'd be talking about his development so much if it wasn't a thing. Yeah. So I, I'm really expecting some nice things. As a closer, maybe. I think yeah. I think Danny Katz maybe has the inroad to be the closer just because of his consistency out of the bullpen. He has been pretty... Guy that throws a lot of strikes. A lot of strikes. You saw it a couple years back with, with guys like Hoffman out of the bullpen where they're not going to blow they'll blow you away, but, but they're guys that are consistent, throw strikes, and get the ball and play to, to close out games. Um, and then the other two names that are kind of returning guys... Their numbers weren't great last year. Josh Levy and Matt Gannon. I think Levy a little more so than Gannon has uh, is going to be called upon, and they're going to want him to be a middle slash long reliever that can get you two or three innings in a ball game. Especially Levy because he's got good stuff. His numbers last year, you know, six nine nine ERA isn't great, but I I know Levy two years ago was fine in a bullpen role, not spectacular, but fine, and he's got good stuff. He's he's persistent I think and Matt Gannon is a guy who started his freshman year yeah they actually Gannon and Levy piggybacked off each other Gannon yeah. usually start the Sunday game and Levy yeah. would come in and finish that off so so yes a bullpen role yeah. for Levy but more of a kind of starter but he yeah. last year transitioned a lot more to that sixth seventh eighth inning guy um and was very, pretty effective yeah. at that I think those usually those ERA numbers for a Northwestern team are kind of inflated because those games just kind of yeah. roll out roll out of proportion and Levy pitched well when he was asked to be put in some tough spots. Gannon is a guy that I think hasn't quite panned out as they wanted his developmental track to go, but his first year he was a quality Sunday starter. He can get back to that. It's just tough. You know, his numbers last year were, were poor but didn't have a lot of innings pitched. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, just more than the other pitchers, but he's a great kid, and I know he's tall and a lefty. Like, that's always useful if you have a lefty in the pen. So if he can get back to a little bit more of his freshman year self, I think he could be a piece to use out of the bullpen. I just think he has a little more work to do than some of the other guys. Just considering I, I, last year it felt like he was getting a lot of hard contact on his pitches. Yeah, and I think I think part of that's, again, being put in those games where those those offensive bats are just doing doing the things that they're meant to do. And, and yeah. I think I think if anyone has the physical mental makeup to kind of make put that work in, I think Matt Gannon is, is at the top of my list of, of guys that can have a good rebound year um, and be effective. I think I think you see guys in the Major League Baseball that are these big, lanky guys that are that are very effective 
pitchers and relief pitchers at that. And I think Gannon has the potential to develop into that and, and be a real stalwart of this Northwestern bullpen. Yeah, I think you said it great. Um, any other, I know, last chance I'll ask you about the first-year arms coming in. Anyone else that we missed? I know we talked about Doherty, but the other first-year arms you think, uh, how they could make an impact? Well, not too many other first-year arms. You do have the only other two are Tommy Dealey's from Texas and Parker Hanks from Ozark, Missouri. I think those are names that have kind of been overlooked in the kind of preseason, but I'm really excited to see yeah, what they have. We don't know a lot about those guys either. I'm so. really excited to see what they have. I think, they're again, they're both... They're both listed 6-1, um, D'Elise at 190, Panks at 170. So they're, these are guys that that are pretty pretty like sizable guys that could be good pitchers. They're just you've seen Spencer Allen not love to use the first year arms in years past, like like a Lepro or Charlie Bourbon. Um, so I think also seeing what the development in year two for Anthony Lepro and Charlie Bourbon look like is going to be an interesting part of this bullpen. I think Lepro was used a lot more towards the end of the year. And, and did well in the spots he was asked to be put in. Again, some tough spots. Um, so, again, really some interesting things. I think, again, the name to watch in, in this bullpen, as the coach have said, could be a Nick Pachoric. Is, is this, could this be the if story of Northwestern yeah, season? If he's good, it could be the type of thing that transforms their season. And if he's not, they put a lot of eggs in this basket. And maybe they're just saying that. I mean, we don't know. But for all things we're seeing, it's it's a lot all in on the Nick Pachoric train. So we're hoping he's good, and you know, we're going to find out this weekend. That's probably the biggest thing. If you're a casual, neutral observer, and you just want to get the litmus test. Let's see what number three does on the Let's see what number three does on the mound. Let's uh, move on to this weekend. We'll run through pretty quickly. Uh, if you wanted a full, full preview, you can do some research yourself. But <laughs> quickly about BYU. This is a solid team. They have head coach Mike Littlewood that came over in 2012. So he's been coaching, he's coached six seasons, this is his seventh with the Cougars. And he's really kind of um, mounted a formidable team here. He's turned them into perennial contender in the WCC, which is generally a one-bid league. So what you really have to do, doesn't you need to be a top-four team to make the tournament in the WCC, and then you need to win it, and then you'll find your way in the NCAA tournament. And they did that in 2017. The two years ago, so a lot like Northwestern, two years ago was their banner year. First time they made the tournament since 2002, as you were telling me. That was great for them. They were regular season champs that year, and then they won the WCC tourney. So they were also regular season champs in 2016, but they finished fourth in the tourney. So I think this is a team that is supposed to be the top of the WCC. That's what they were. And then last year, the key now is last year they took a step back. They were seventh in the WCC, 22-28, and 28 really took a step back. Hard to say why. They probably lost some guys. I'm not an expert on two years ago BYU baseball. but <laughs> So they're not as formidable as they once were, but this is a team that wants to be good. Their eyes are set on finishing top four in the WCC. Their eyes are set, just like Northwestern, on being one of those best 64 teams in baseball. So I think you're going to get a solid BYU squad. They return 14 players. And they've got three all-WCC selections. Outfielder Brock Hill, first baseman Keaton Kringlin, and pitcher Jordan Wood. So those are really your three guys to watch. And Wood last year, a 2.66 ERA, 63 strikeouts. So probably your Friday starter for the Cougars. Yeah, I think the Cougars are, like we mentioned, trying to get back to a place where they, they can compete in their conference. Last year was a, was a step back and something that they were don't seem to maybe be expecting, but Again, like Northwestern, you had a magical year and, and make a tournament, and then 
you're you're make the NCAA double A tournament as well as a conference tournament. Um, Northwestern just one went away from that 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 kind of aspect. But yeah. I think they're trying to take a step forward, and I think it'll be a really entertaining series, a three game series, as the Cougars do not play on Sundays. <laughs> yes. Um, due to religious reasons, um, but you'll see. You'll see a, a big competitive series about yeah, two teams who want to start off their season with a bang. I think you, you said it better. Because BYU, I think they're a, an unknown, maybe a bigger unknown than Northwestern. Because Northwestern, you know, despite being competitive two years ago, still was under five they They've still been a team below five hundred for a long time, and they're trying to make that leap. BYU has been good, took a step back, and I think it's a really big variable. And both teams are going to be looking to make a statement. Every team in college baseball is looking to make a statement. And, you know, you look back to Northwestern series last year against Nebraska-Omaha. A lot of those games were competitive and close. Even at Arizona State two years ago, those games were competitive and close. So expect uh, a lot of, maybe not well-played, but close baseball. A lot of rust to shake off in February. Yeah. And one lesson of Brock Kale, 342, slugging 5-5-1. That guy is a monster. As good of a first baseman as you're going to see all season so uh, just a player to watch there and and speaking about other players to watch Northwestern gets to face Cal on Sunday and they have the best player in the country yeah returning uh, Golden Spikes award winner Andrew Vaughn um, who hit 402 last year with a slugging percentage of 819 it's absurd as a sophomore Amit Malik a sophomore when it coming be trying to become one of the fewer players in history to win back-to-back Golden Spikes um, is unprecedented and, and really would be really impressive. And to start his season with Cal playing kind of one-off games against teams in Tempe Diablo, one of the homes of the spring training, if I'm not mistaken, the Angels play spring training yeah. home there. The, um, the scouts will be out in force to see Andrew Vaughn kind of return. But Andrew Vaughn is not just about returning Golden Spikes for Cal, it's returning the Cal to be one of the best 64 teams in the country. Like yeah, we talked about, Cal didn't make the tournament last year. His goal is not to just be about Andrew Vaughn, it's to be about the Cal Golden Bears. Yeah, he's he's really a team player, and a Cal team that, like you said, their focus is to get back. And for Northwestern's point of view, obviously it's just one game on a Sunday. So it's a glimpse into this player who's awesome and a team that's a perennial uh, powerhouse out on the, on the West Coast, but... For Northwestern, fans will remember the 2016 series where Cal came four games. Walker just crunched the numbers for me, 59-5 across those four games. And look, I, I don't bring that up because it's funny. I mean, yeah, in a perverse way it's funny, but it's really just it was frustrating when that happened. It was Spencer Allen's first year. It was the opening season of Miller Park, and it just kind of capped off what was frustrating. And to come four years later, I think it's just a measuring stick type of game. Hopefully Northwestern can avoid that. Obviously Cal is good, but it's the type of thing where the players who were there all this year, seniors, remember that. Fans remember it. It's a lot for Northwestern to just say, hey, look, you might beat us, but we're we're not that team you saw four years ago. We're a team that has tournament aspirations. We're a team that's trying to be consistently good. So I think just optically for Northwestern, this game against Cal means something in that, one, they're seeing a great, great player, a chance to get some spotlight there, and two, just say to themselves, hey, look where we've come in our time. So that's definitely something to watch for on Sunday, which I think is a nice, you know, narrative thing for Northwestern to have. Absolutely. I think this game was scheduled a little bit late on the schedule as 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 Northwestern was had an open slot on Sunday with BYU, like we mentioned, not being able to play. Um, Cal doing these games had an open spot for Sunday. 
Northwestern obliged, and, and I think since that day, maybe one to two months ago, because it was, again, a late scheduled game most likely, um, this game has been circled um, for those reasons you mentioned, that in media availability, Spencer Allen mentions that he tries to forget those games, <laughs> but um, you can't you can't forget the past, and I think seniors like Jack Dunn will want to come out and improve to these Cal Golden Bears that, like you said, were not that team. Northwestern this like measuring stick. This is it. This is how far this program has come in Spencer Allen's first year, Spencer Allen's fourth year. To start off um, in Arizona, in a spring training home of of one of the major league baseball teams, to have this spectacle of this player, and to have and to come out and win this game would be absolutely huge for the kind of trajectory of Northwestern season. Yeah, tone setting is so big, and Northwestern two years ago will tell you, you know, they started off their season in a bad place before their famous turnaround. But if you start a season off strong, which Northwestern hasn't done in a while, that's just sending even newer vibes uh, and waves around the program that a lot of people will notice. Wrapping up here on Rounding the Bases, so Walker, I will ask you, what are your predictions for this weekend? And vaguely, what are your predictions for this season? Um, I would like to see Northwestern at least go 2-2 two and two this weekend. I think, I think it's tough to... To call a sweep of BYU, I think <laughs> yeah. I think you don't know what that team's going to really look like. I think playing a doubleheader on Saturday is always tough to sweep a doubleheader. I think if you take one from BYU and take the Cal game, or take two from BYU and be super competitive in that Cal game, awesome. I think I think the kind of optimist in me says three and one, three and one, three and one with splitting the doubleheader and beating Cal. I'd I'd like to see that happen and and. For my kind of brief overview of the season, I'd, I'd say Northwestern has a pretty kind of tough um, Big Slate Ten conference yeah. schedule as well as a non-conference schedule. Winning some of these non-conference series could be huge for a committee decision down the road, but playing um, a la- one, of, one of the last year's top 16 seeds in the tournament, Minnesota at home, to close the season... Is going to be a tough series for Northwestern to finish on, but again, if that could be, those could be two of the better teams of the Big Ten by the end of the year, you don't know. I'd like to say Northwestern finishes in the top eight in in the Big Ten. I think I think it's plausible. Uh, I think they go back to the Big Ten tournament this year in Omaha. So Northwestern fans will be going to Omaha. Hopefully, okay. you heard it here first. But with the Big Ten tournament, so that yeah. that's the goal. Yeah, and then um, making a run in in either getting an at large or. Or um, I think I think Northwestern can have their sights at least set somewhat on on the NCAA tournament. I think it's possible. I think for the second wow. time in school history, okay. it could be possible. But like we said, you got to set the tone. You got to set the tone hard this this weekend in Arizona. That is some really optimistic predictions. I would love if that happened. And I think at this point of the year, why not? Right? Northwestern just has a lot of buzz around this program, and I want them to be. I want them to be that good. I think I'm a little bit more jaded about their season predictions, given their non-conference schedule. I don't think they'll be in conversation for an at-large bid, just given how tough their non-conference schedule is. But I will be easily swayed if, if they can turn any of those series around. And I think the Big Ten schedule is very unforgiving. I think they're probably going to be right around 500 in the Big Ten. If they're one game over, they might, you know, if they're one game over or they're at 500, I think they'll see their way to the Big Ten tournament. And then, as we saw two years ago, anything can happen. But for me, 
I know the NCAA tournament, they've got the 64, they've got all of that. That's just a lot to ask for for a team that is a few steps away. I think the goal has to make be the make the Big Ten tournament and start making it very, very consistently. And that's in itself hard to do in the Big Ten. That might be pessimistic, but I'm optimistic in the fact that I think Northwestern can finish in the top eight spot in the conference this year. For me, that's the goal. I think they'll do it. This week, I'm actually with you 100%. Two and two, maybe three and one. They've got to try to win that BYU series. We don't know what BYU is. If Northwestern can win two, especially split that doubleheader, awesome. I, I think they've got to win, win that series. The Cal game is, an, is a bonus. Anything there is gravy. So love to get two wins against the Cougars. That's what, that's where I'm at. Yeah, like you said, 500 to the Big Ten, I think, I think is is reasonable. And, and last year, one game under 500, Michigan State came in as the eighth seed in the Big Ten tournament, 11 and 12. So that that yeah. that around that number, above five, one game above, one game under, around that number, I think is feasible. And and like you said, I think if the Cats get hot, it's kind of where I'm leading that Big Ten, that yeah. NCAA tournament kind of fever. But but like you said, like I like we've talked about these these non-con series are great series and great opportunities. If Northwestern can pull one or two of these series out, they can get into some type of, type of conversation. It, it's it's hard to see them at the moment competing because this team it has been practicing indoors and playing indoors, and we just want to see them play baseball. And I think seeing them play baseball this weekend is going to be exciting for fans, parents, everyone around this program is excited to see this team get started, and, and I, for one, cannot wait. Couldn't have said it better myself, Walker. It's been a lot of fun. Always fun at this time of the season. Hope is in the air. Anything is possible. Thank you for listening to this very first episode of Rounding the Bases, the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. We hope you'll join us here all year long, and more importantly, that you'll join us for all of our broadcasts. We will broadcast every single Northwestern baseball game on air or online. So we hope you join us there starting with this weekend, Friday at 7 p.m. Central Time from Arizona. I'll have the call against BYU. I'll have all the calls this weekend, so be sure to join us there and through the rest of the non-con. Thanks a lot for Walker Reinfeld. I'm Malik signing off here on Rounding the Bases. See you soon.